Okay, so imagine you've gotten it together to register to vote. You've jumped through all the hurdles to get to your place on election day. You're there, you've got this, and then an election worker hands you your ballot and you can't read it. It's not in your language. That's the situation that a lot of Americans find themselves in when their native language is something other than English. One group is looking to tackle this design problem that's particularly present in Asian American communities. They're called 18 Million Rising. Uh, hi, I'm Kaden Mock. I'm the chief technology officer at 18millionrising.org. Kaden and the other people at 18 Million Rising are trying to address a big problem. Basically, in almost every poll in every jurisdiction, Asian Americans have a lower voter turnout rate than any other racial group. And this is consistent across both presidential and midterm elections, and that includes white people, Latinos, and also black communities, that Asian Americans actually have a lower voter turnout rate than any of those groups consistently across the board. There are some complicated reasons behind why Asian Americans are less likely to vote than other groups. Some of them have to do with history. Some of them have to do with how our democracy is designed. Some of them are sort of socio-historical and some of them are structural. Um, On the socio-historical side, 74% of Asian Americans are immigrants, which means the majority of Asian Americans are naturalized citizens. And it is also the case that since the repeal of the Chinese Exclusion Act in 1965, that like a lot of the folks who've come to the United States from Asian countries have come fleeing a lot of political violence. Um, And certainly this is sort of borne out in my own personal life that there's a lot of reticence to participate in the American political system because of sort of people's like ingrained family knowledge around uh, the like potential risks of participating in politics. And I think that's that weighs heavily on a lot of folks, even if, if it's not something that's really brought to light. And then there's also this idea that like since we're recent immigrants, our communities are so different than mainstream American communities that we really need to keep our heads down to fit in. One of the biggest barriers is language. Asian Americans speak a whole bunch of different languages. According to the census, the largest Asian Pacific Island and South Asian language groups in the United States are Chinese, Korean, Tagalog, Vietnamese, and Hindi. But a full 1.2 million Asian Americans didn't even see their native language listed on the census. They had to just mark other Asian or Pacific Island language. Only half of voting-age Asian immigrants say they speak English well. But getting ballots translated from English into their native language has proven difficult at best. The Landmark Voting Rights Act of 1965 guarantees the right to have all election materials translated. But little giant loophole here. Local governments only have to translate ballots if the people who speak that language make up 5% of the jurisdiction or account for at least 10,000 people. So if you and 900 other people who speak your language live in a city of 20,000 people, the government doesn't have to translate your ballots and probably won't. In a lot of places, people are kind of SOL. There are a lot of nonprofits that do uh, translation work and different kinds of support work to encourage Asian Americans to get out the vote. But in general... Up until this point, like a lot of the the support depends on, you know, like Los Angeles and the Bay, for instance, have like great nonprofits that are doing a lot of really hard work on some of that stuff. But, you know, if, if you live in another city, if you live in Reading, say, you're going to have a much harder time finding that support. 
This particularly affects Asian Americans because there are so many different languages within their communities. With a lot of Latino immigrants, many folks speak Spanish, some people speak Portuguese, and there are like a handful of indigenous languages that are common in a lot of uh, Latino immigrant communities. But in Asian communities, like even people who the U.S. Census categorizes as Chinese or Filipino don't all speak, speak the same language. Like there's no one Filipino language. This is something Caden sees firsthand. Where he lives in Oakland, you can hear the diversity of languages just by riding the bus. My neighborhood in East Oakland speaks, well, it speaks Spanish, it speaks Cantonese, Vietnamese, Lao. Um, sometimes you hear Tagalog, uh, and it's definitely the kind of place where, you know, I sit down on the bus and because I'm a little racially ambiguous, sometimes somebody will start talking to me in Cantonese. Um, sometimes somebody will sit down next to me and start talking to me in Spanish. And it's just really, uh, like, there are all these language communities sort of, like, butted up against each other. Even in places that are required to translate ballots that don't fall into that language loophole, there's not a lot of enforcement or follow-up about this law. The Asian American Legal Defense and Education Fund has found that only about 45% of counties that are required to provide translations do. And that's to say nothing of the fact that even if there may be a ballot in, say, Korean for you, um, if there are no poll workers who speak Korean, going to the polls can be really intimidating. Virtually every election we hear about, like, Asian Americans, whether they're East Asian or South Asian, being challenged about their names, about their citizenships, um, being asked for IDs in non-voter ID states, being asked to spell their names out loud and prove that they speak English, which a literacy test has been illegal voting since the 60s. But this is like, these are like common things that happen to especially elders in our community who are less likely to speak English and are a little more vulnerable. As someone who's a native English speaker and has never had a hard time voting because of my language, I had a hard time wrapping my brain around this reality. The idea that you would need a ballot in a certain language in order to vote and the local government would not have to translate it for you seems shockingly undemocratic. So I just kept asking Kaden, that's legal? If you need a ballot in, say, Lao, and your local jurisdiction says no, that's not illegal? Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like one of those things that uh, should be more fundamental to the way that we run, we run this country than it is. And I think that actually there's a lot of folks who are thinking about voter turnout increasingly as a design problem, that like a lot of the principles that people use in information design in a variety of different industries can be applied to like, for instance, how you even design a ballot. I think the most famous example of a poorly designed chat ballot is like the hanging chat issue in Florida in 2000, where like, it was really hard for people to figure out how to like successfully vote for their chosen candidate. But in sort of like less mechanical situations, also just the way that you lay out a ballot, the way you present information to people can be really confusing. The language that people use to talk about issues on ballots is also, even in, if for English speakers, is like a huge issue. Often here in California, we have a lot of ballot initiatives where voters get to vote directly on legislation. And like often the language of that legislation is not written in a super accessible way. Uh, when folks don't read English at a super high level, even if they're na- native English speakers, um, that can be a major barrier as well. So this is a system that's designed in a way that makes it pretty hard for millions of Americans to vote. One of the big issues here is that elections are expensive. Translation is expensive. Local governments strapped for cash aren't going to do it unless they have to. 
a lot of us don't realize is just how expensive it is to administer elections. You know, it's absolutely not free. And like when you're running elections in a county in like multiple different cities and towns that may have municipal election one year and then the next year you're running presidential and then the year after that you're running municipals again. Um, and then the year after that you're running midterms. It's like there and then there are primaries and runoffs and special elections. Like you really have your hands full. Caden and 18 Million Rising started thinking about creative ways to solve this problem. They realized that across the United States, there are already lots and lots of people who are working as translators in Asian American communities, English-speaking kids of immigrant families. Parents often look to their English-speaking or bilingual kids to help them out translating legal documents, movies, and school permission slips. It would be cool to tap into that skill to boost Asian American voting. So the people at 18 Million Rising made a digital tool. It's called VoterVox. There are a lot of there are a lot of uh, folks using the internet to match people who can provide a service with people in need of that service, right? And like, they don't like always to make the sort of direct correlation between what we're doing and a lot of like sort of like gig economy apps, just because I think that those are like super transactional. But this is like very much about like, how can you use that kind of model to build community instead of eviscerate it? This fall, 18 Million Rising is debuting VoterVox. This online tool will roll out in September, just in time for the election. Here's how it works. If you're a voter looking for a translated ballot, they have a little sign-up form you can fill out with your name, your language, and where you live. They help you get a mail-in ballot, walking you through whatever necessary paperwork your state has, and match you with a volunteer who speaks your language. You and the volunteer meet up with your mail-in ballot, and talk through the language and any complicated jargon that might be confusing. And sometimes it's just the act of sitting down with somebody in your community that makes a difference between, oh my God, voting is really complicated and I can't understand it, and this is something that's like approachable and uh, can be understood. And so we're really looking forward to seeing how it works this year. VoterVox is just debuting in California and Minnesota during this election. Sort of a democracy redesign beta test before they try to take on the whole country. They also plan to hook up volunteers with educational resources, like nonpartisan voting guides and background on local issues. For me, VoterVox is also about more than elections, right? Like, it's about getting more people to vote, but it's also about building community power and doing intergenerational organizing using technology, which is really kind of new. A lot of times, like, volunteering in this way is the first time that young people feel really appreciated for having this like special skill. It's like they never realize that they that being bilingual is actually this special superpower that can empower their communities. VoterVox is still looking for volunteer translators in California and Minnesota, so I asked Caden if he'd be signing up to translate for anyone this fall. Uh, this is totally funny, but I only speak English. <laughs> I speak English and computer. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a mostly like monolingual uh, English speaking household. Um, and uh, sometimes it makes me sad, you know, it's like I can't talk to the like aunties who sit next to me on the bus and want to speak in Cantonese, which is my father's language. While he's not signing up to volunteer, Caden has an idea for someone who would be a great ballot translator. His dad, who lives in Texas. There are all of these like sort of like small enclaves of Asian Americans in Texas. And while we're not rolling out in Texas this year, I, I'm going to be encouraging him to like reach out to Asian, like Chinese-speaking Asian American groups in Texas and, and helping folks in his community. Because 
God knows that uh, immigrant communities in Texas really need all the help they can get. So. <laughs> That was Caden Mock of 18 Million Rising. You can go sign up as a volunteer if you live in California or Minnesota at VoterVox.org. <laughs>